Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. It was only a few short years ago that this guest took a massive leap of faith and left her six-figure job in real estate to found her coaching company. Today, she works alongside some of the world's most visionary people to nurture and expand their potential in order to make the world a better place. Get your mind ready because we're stepping into the realm of mindset and building the life of your dreams. Please put your hands together and welcome Carrie Ford. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I would love if you could narrate me getting out of bed in the morning and just intro my day. (laughs) That is awesome. Well, I I appreciate that. And um, who knows, you know, maybe one of these days I will be a voiceover for uh, for people that just want to better their lives. So yeah, I will uh, keep that in mind. Totally. <laughs> Carrie is the CEO and founder of Elevate with Carrie, which is an elite transformational coaching movement and luxury brand dedicated to serving and elevating women's emotional intelligence and whole body high performance. You can find more information at elevatewithcarrie.com. By the way, Carrie is spelled K-E-R-I. Carrie is also an international motivational speaker, author, event host, and global authority on women's wellness. Listen to her podcast titled Literally First Class, where Carrie teaches modern day female entrepreneurs, CEOs, and executives tools for overcoming anxiety so they can redefine success and achieve what Carrie calls somatic success. Follow her on Instagram at I am. Carrie Ford. That's spelled I-A-M-K-E-R-I-F-O-R-D. All right. Did I, did I miss anything? No, that's great. Fantastic, Ace. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's many things that I want to jump into, but before we dive right in, I've got something I have been dying to ask you. Oh, okay. Can you guess what it is? I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Question one. Okay. How are you doing today? Oh, this is a good one. It's Monday. It's sunny here in Atlanta. We've had a lot of, we've had like a wet winter and actually last summer too. Um, so I'm very grateful for the spring weather today. So I'm, I'm doing good. Although I'm waiting for more coffee to kick in. That's right. Yeah. We were talking a little bit before. I think I'm already a few deep. I usually get up at around four in the morning. And so, oh, wow. For me, being 10 o'clock right now, yeah, it feels like the afternoon, but... uh, Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite early. Well, that's awesome. All right. So from the intro, you're a motivational speaker, you're a coach, you do all of these amazing things to help people change their lives, to empower them and all of that. But you didn't start off in this space, did you? No, I started as a personal trainer, actually. That was my first experience of coaching on the gym floor. And wouldn't you have it that I started at a gym that was a celebrity gym. Nobody knew about it. It was behind this like gated alleyway in Hollywood, California. I had an inn because I met someone that was a trainer there, served her a smoothie because at the time I was working at a smoothie bar. And uh, I was at the right place, the right time. And I'm a people person. So she was like, hey, you want to you want to like make more money and try this gym out. And I happened to be getting my certs as a PT. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. 
So that's how I started. But I also recognized very quickly that time equals money in that space. And you're trading hourly, uh, you know, time for, again, just an hourly rate. And it was after those 12 week packages were, were sold, it was like, how do I, how do you get past or beyond like that certain ceiling of income? So that kept being the, the thing that I kept bumping up against, um, in coaching and in the real estate consulting, it was like, okay, we've got this like six figure, you know, thing that I've got figured out, but what's the code beyond that? So yeah, that's how I started. So essentially you took your career to the ceiling that it could hit and realized ahead of time that if you wanted something more in life, if you wanted to raise your standards, things like that, that essentially there were certain plateaus that you were hitting that you weren't satisfied with. Yeah. And I, I felt like I was aware of the, the fact that I was missing something that felt like a missing puzzle piece. And I just couldn't figure it out. It was like a big blind spot. And I didn't know the world of personal development or subconscious rewiring or somatics at the time. And so you read books, you gleam inspiration from people online. Um, and even then, back in 2008, the online space was pretty limited in terms of coaching. It wasn't a thing, at least in my awareness, to, to hire a coach that teaches you how to run an online business when I started to go online. So yeah, it was it was interesting. I just... And I guess that's the funny thing about blind spots is you don't know you're blind. You don't know, you don't know that they're there. Well, the best thing about blind spots too, is that if we don't know what we don't know, that opens mm -hmm. up the possibility to learn more and to better ourselves. But like you're saying, you just don't know what your blind spots are. However, yeah. I love how you talked about like essentially following your gut. Your gut was telling me, Hey, something was amiss. I need to figure this out. Yeah, that part I knew, but I wasted a long time trying to figure it out on my own. <laughs> well, I can I can definitely relate to that. So what was one of the things that got you into this space? Like one, one of those things that you said you kind of, well, I'm putting words into your mouth, not fumbled around, but took a while to get to. What, what was one mm. of those events that that kind of changed direction for you? Hmm. It was probably, probably making my first investment into a coach where it was like, we're going to do this. Like, and I'm closing the back door on whatever possibility there is in my realm of consciousness around failing or it not working for me. And I'm like, I'm going to go all in. And that really required me to have an initiation through paying a large amount of money to my first coach. I really really think that everybody gets to go through that initiation where you put down a scary amount of money and it can have nothing to do with the coaching and everything to do with starting to choose yourself. That was the yes I needed to say to myself. So even though that coach was amazing and she was incredible, I was probably more advanced than I realized when I got in the coaching program. It was the initiation of the energetic exchange of money that I needed to go through to, to say yes to my dreams and say yes to my calling. Yeah, taking that first step and also a huge leap of faith. Huge. That can, that can be super scary. Just, well, one, the financial commitment, because now you're like, all right, now, now, now I, I have to deal. make this work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I also thought, you know, I almost, I almost let fear talk me out of it. I almost let fear 
I, I got on the call with the the sales guy and he started talking to me and I'm asking all sorts of questions. Then I knew I was procrastinating on some level. I put it off to a follow-up call, asked more questions that really were kind of irrelevant to the program itself. But what I was actually asking was, is this going to work for me? And that was a question within myself that had nothing to do with the program because I would probably get there regardless with, with whatever investment I was going to make. And uh, he goes, you know, I feel like you're spinning my tires. You're probably just not ready. And I'm like, oh. so I got off the phone and I'm like, what a jerk. And then I, I had enough awareness at the time because I started going deeper in personal development. This was about five years ago now. And I, I, I sat there and I chose to sit with the discomfort. And I'm like, why do I feel so triggered right now? Why do I feel so upset with what he said? If I'm taking the finger instead of pointing it outside myself and I turn it back on myself, what am I upset at myself for? And I'm like, because I am ready and I'm just scared and I'm letting fear decide for me. So I texted him back and I was like, I'm in. I'm ready. I've got my credit card out and I paid in full. It was 5K for eight weeks. And I was just like, holy shit, here we go. But it was, I mean, it was the biggest, best yes I could have ever said to myself. That's incredible. And I love, I always say this, but I, what you said was so important when Mm -hmm. something triggers us, it's easy to point the finger at somebody else. It's easy to say, Oh, this guy's a jerk or, or blame somebody else or a situation where if we turn it inward, it's not blaming ourselves. It's not saying, Hey, we're, we're the problem, but it's a, it's a clue to, dig deeper within ourselves. And I love that you did that and found, no, it was just fear. I have what mm-hmm. it takes. I know what I'm doing. And yeah, that's, I think that's so important for the listeners to fully understand. It's like when you get upset at somebody else or something else, like always take it inward, always look within mm-hmm. yourself because it's something going on inside of you that's not lining up. And once you start taking those evaluations, not judgmentally, but just ask the question, get curious about, okay, why am I feeling this way? Mm -hmm. And that's when the real discoveries happen. Yeah. It was a really beautiful invitation for me as much as I wanted to continue to think he was a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really beautiful invitation for me to take greater responsibility and a fight for myself in a way that I never had before. I already had my family, my ex-husband, you know, now he's my, my ex-husband. I already had people in my reality that told me my dreams were unrealistic. I already had people that had given up on their dreams and then they thought and projected that I should give up on mine. And I thought, man, I guess I just have to settle and this is just as good as it gets. And maybe this is just like this dream isn't for me until I had the fight in myself to say like, you know what? F that. Like I'm not I'm not signing up for that. I'm not enrolled in that kind of thing and I know I know. I don't I just don't know how it's going to unfold. I just know that I'm meant for more and I know that this is the path and this is the initiation I need to go to, but really fighting for myself was such a beautiful invitation. And I see cool. so many women disqualify themselves whether they're thinking about working with me or people in general, right? Letting fear talk them out of the thing that they actually want. Yeah. The thing that hurts me the most to see is people that are unhappy. But when you choose to listen to other people or their opinion of how you should live your life, that's where a lot of that unhappiness comes from. And Mm -hmm. 
you, know, you choosing yourself. That's that's the first step. That is the first step because you've gone down this path now for a few years. Oh yeah. From, and I was on a similar path and I can't imagine living that former life. I feel like I've been reborn or I've been born for the first time. Mm, yeah. And, there's a sense of like a starting over, but from a clean slate, like innocence. There's innocence and you feel like a kid again because mm. there's all these possibilities. Yeah. The world is now wide open in front of you yeah. and you can do whatever you want. It is so empowering. Yeah. I relate to that. Do you remember your first big yes to yourself? Oh man, my, oh man, you're turning the tables. Now you're interviewing me. <laughs> well, I'm um, curious now. <laughs> I would say I had a really good mentor. He was also my boss at the time. And he told me to go to this Tony Robbins event. Mm. And I looked, I didn't know who Tony Robbins was. The name sounded familiar, but I looked him up online and he was jumping around, shooting the crowd with a water gun. Lights were flashing. People were going nuts. And I was like, what the hell is this? This looks like a rave, <laughs> but like without all the crazy drugs and trance music. But, um, you know, I, I, same thing. I had to put up a large sum of money yeah, and I had to make that commitment. Mm -hmm. And there was people telling me that, Oh, it's a cult. It's this, it's brainwash. Oh, sure. You'll drink the Kool-Aid, all of that. And I remember oh, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the first event I went to my life changed. Now it took me mm -hmm. a while to get to where I am now. This was probably a good seven, eight years ago, but that was the first trigger or the first time that I was like, okay, I'm going to really invest in myself. And then I started getting coaching after mm -hmm. that. And that's kind of where things took off for me. But yeah, it was really, it takes a, a, a decision, a choice, is only a split second, but mm -hmm. leading up to that decision or that choice, that's usually what takes a long time. And it's really us just being ready. And pretty much I, I feel this way is that it's usually just facing some sort of fear. Mm. And yeah, no, I, I will not change this life for anything ever again, because that old person, that old ace, well, I call him doormat, but um, that guy's dead and mm. he'll creep back in from time to time. So, you know, this, this path of growth, of coaching, of bettering ourselves, elevating our standards, define, uh, define the odds. It is an everyday thing. And for mm. a lot of people that can seem kind of daunting, but they always say it's not about the destination. It's about the journey and the good or the bad life is going to throw us curveballs every day. It's not like we make this decision, we get successful and everything turns out for the best because it just, it's a continual thing from now until our, our last breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So you coach women specifically. Mm -hmm. How did you know that this was the right thing for you to do? Like, how did you end mm -hmm. up choosing this path? in your yeah. new life? You know, I don't feel like I chose this path. I feel like this path chose me for as frustrating as that is. There's been many times I've 
felt angry at God to calling me to a bigger purpose because of all the fears I've had to overcome as a result and all the ways I've had to get out of my own way in order to see where I'm being guided. And man, that has been really frustrating because it's like, can't I just, you know, go back to sleep? Can't I just be a little less aware? Can I just play small for a little while? Isn't that, isn't that the easier way? Won't that be more comfortable? The funny thing is, is every time I play that loop out in my mind, it's more uncomfortable than the path I'm, I'm on and choosing it. Um, but it really chose me. I, I do remember a specific moment though, um, where I chose to go into the wellness field around personal training and nutrition. And I had an eating disorder in college. I was anorexic and really struggled with taking my high achiever admired identity to almost a masochistic level of if it's not perfection, then it can't exist. There's no room. There's no grace. There's no, you know, mistakes and failures aren't allowed. There's no plan B, just a really rigid mindset. And so that became my driver, even if it became, even if it was from fear. And so I remember looking in the mirror one night as I'm getting ready to go out for what should be a fun night, flirting with boys in college and uh, just going out and being social. And I'm in tears looking at myself in the mirror about, you know, feeling fat and hating, like hating my body and hating myself. And I remember thinking, no one should ever feel like this. You know, no one should ever. And I look back on that, you know, I think I was like 19 at the time. I look back on that 19 year old version of myself and I have so much compassion for her because she just, she thought she needed to use fear to motivate herself because there was no room for mistakes. Um, but if she knew that there was a whole other way to motivate herself intrinsically and reclaim her wholeness through love, I, I just feel like what a game changer for people that would be. So we don't have to actually be against ourselves. We can be for ourselves. And I thought once I started to get a taste of love as an action toward myself, I thought every woman needs to know how to do this because that's the biggest question I get. Like loving myself sounds really great, Carrie, but how? How do I access these younger versions of myself? How do I heal the separation within myself? And how do I, um, you know, transcend and, and close timelines and really uh, become the woman I know I'm capable of being? Because right now, most of them don't feel like they have access to that. And I know I did. And I was like, you know, here's me present day and here's where I want to go. But how do I gather those missing puzzle pieces? How do I access those places in myself? And how do I actually heal that and and close that gap? I, I had no idea at the time. So. Well, I appreciate you opening up and sharing your story. I did not obviously grow up as a woman. Um, I didn't deal with the same view that I feel like our society at large puts on women. And so I can only uh, sympathize with what you said. But from the dis disempowering beliefs that I grew up with, thinking that I wasn't enough, that I wasn't big enough or strong enough or, you know, be that, that man that needed to take care of his woman. You know, I'm, I'm divorced myself as well. And that was a huge hit to me, but the difference between the person who I am today and the person I was before is 
regardless of the situation, regardless of the breakup for me personally, like I am, I know I am a good man. I know Mm -hmm. I am a strong man, but like you were saying too, is like, well, how do you get there? Mm -hmm. How do you really believe that? You know? Yeah. It's an everyday thing too. The crazy Mm -hmm. thing is, and I know we're going to jump probably right into this, but it's an everyday thing. Yeah. Like we talked about, if you're choosing an easy life, you're not going to be happy. If you're choosing, I wouldn't even say a hard life, but something that puts you out of your comfort zone, things that make you uncomfortable. When you get that fear, that anxiety, and you push through it and amaze yourself because you are amazing and you can do incredible things, like that's when you start building those right muscles. And so, um, yeah, I I just really appreciate you saying that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's talk about some of the how. So, you have something on your website called Millionaire Mindset, Mm -hmm. Meditations to Upgrade Your Mind. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose meditations? What's the reasoning behind it? How does listening to a meditation start to change people's beliefs or mindset? Or you know this better than me, so I'll I'll, I'll let you go from here. Sure. Yeah. I spent many years confusing anxiety and fear for motivation and excitement. And I spent much more time doing and looking for solutions and strategies outside myself. But that was never the issue. I never struggled with motivation. I never struggled with discipline. In fact, based on my story I just shared, it was the opposite. Too regimented, too motivated, no rest for the weary. You know, it was like, I'm not just going to work out. I'm going to become a fitness model and do fitness competitions. It was like I took everything to the 110th degree. And um, that actually used to be one of my mantras, which was like nothing less than 110%. I mean, ooh, what a baseline to set for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, right. So definitely a favorite among uh, corporate bosses because I got the job done and I did it really well. But motivation wasn't the issue. Connecting to myself, really listening to myself was because I got myself into situations following all the steps of what I thought I should be doing in the order I thought I should be doing them in. And then even though I was a co-creator in the life that I built before my marriage of almost nine years, a relationship of 12, I was absolutely, you know, a a co-creator in building that life. But I will admit like there was a, a moment in time I felt like a light switch went off and I thought, how did I, is this it? Like, is this, did I build, did I help go build this life? Like, okay, hold on a second, you know? And it, it just sort of clicked in me that we weren't on the same page and we weren't on the same page then. And we weren't on the same page moving forward. And that was really scary to me because I thought, well, where did I stop listening to myself? And how did I end up here? Maybe if I knew how to listen and how to be instead of do and forward and force, I I wouldn't have ended up here. I don't have any regrets. He is a great man. He's a great father. I absolutely take all the lessons I've learned. And I feel like they've made me a a better woman with resilience and strength and perseverance. And I do wonder, I wonder if I had learned meditation, if I had learned how to listen and be with myself, would I have made the same decisions? I don't think I would. I think I would have saved a lot of time too. Do you feel like Because from my personal experience, I started, and I wasn't even conscious of this, but I was making compromises. Mm. And like micro self betrayals. 
Yeah. And the story I was telling myself was, well, I'm going to spend my life with this person. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of faith myself. So marriage is the ultimate commitment. Mm -hmm. And I took that very seriously. We were also together for 12 years. And one, you know, when I looked at myself in the mirror, I kind of, I was like, who, who is this person? Like, Mm. even from the music I was listening to, to the things, you know, I, I was not being in tune with myself and Mm -hmm. what made me happy and spoke true to who I was as a person. And that's obviously not the whole story, but it was a huge part of it because Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way I had lost myself and yeah, you wake up one day and you're just like, what the heck is going on? Like, obviously, yeah, I helped create this life as well, but is this it? Mm -hmm. And yeah, once, once you start making that, those choices to change, to better yourself, to get more in tune with yourself, the relationship, it's either going to get stronger or it's going to go the other way. There's, it's not going to stay the same because you're not staying the same. Right. Yeah. There's an in somatic work, which is, you know, the nervous system work that I do with women now, which is kind of that how piece. Um, we really emphasize the felt sense experience, which is your ability to experience your feelings, to feel them, not to hold on to them because the greater we can expand our capacity to feel our feelings really to connect with what's real for us in that moment, right? The moments of connection or where we're not avoiding the greater our ability to not cope with uncomfortability, to suppress feelings, to escape them, to run away from them. And thus we prevent ourselves from creating an identity around those things. That's very much asleep as well, because we've created an identity that is trying to escape all of the things like, and I think that's probably people's, one of their fears that I see, they, they actually do know their answers. They're scared to hear them though, because it will require something to be let go of likely. Yeah. Not scary. It's scary to let go, but I would rather let go and grow than stay stuck in an asleep zombie mode because I was, you know, watching Bravo TV, nothing against anything like that, but I just I can't even watch I can't even tolerate that anymore. I gave up TV for like 3 years and my partner Jake and I will watch TV now and uh, some series, but we're pretty selective about where we spend our energy and what we consume because what we consume goes far beyond our diet. It goes, it's from the words that we read to the music we listen to. And so I'm very choosy. And in fact, my body is so calibrated now it rejects things that I once was fine with. So it's, uh, it's really interesting to notice the identity shift. And now that I'm able to, to hold the uncomfortable feelings and really connect to what's real. I don't need to escape from them. I don't need to create an identity around the coping. Yeah. I, being a man, feelings are something that I've stuffed away. And a lot of times they can be very scary, but just like you were saying earlier in the show, when something triggers you and emotions Mm -hmm. are triggers, fear, Mm -hmm. anxiety, Um, I used to use a lot of poor coping mechanisms and, you know, even one of them was television and not even watching things that I 
actually liked. And so I'd love what you said about being in tune with your feelings, feel your feelings. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to feel good, but that's the first step into uncovering what all is going on. And now that you become aware of it, that's the trigger where you can start making changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's why meditation, not necessarily, I think, I think feeling feelings is the step beyond the meditation, but meditation taught me how to learn to listen to myself and be with myself where I didn't have to do anything except be, could be still. I could, I learned how to drop into my body. I learned, which means for those that are listening, I'm not, I'm not Velcroed to the thoughts. I'm not Velcroed to the to-do list. I'm not pulled out of my body into the day. Like I'm present in that moment with myself. I know I have nowhere else to be, but there with me. And that feels loving as an action. So that is the first place and the first way that I learned to actively as a verb, love myself. That's incredible. I practiced Theravada Buddhism meditation. Mm. And so when I saw that you had meditation and offered that as part of your services, I was very curious because I've just done a single form of meditation. And essentially it's just paying attention to your breath. Mm. If thoughts come up, be aware of them, but don't jump into that story. If feelings come up, because a lot of times your body will start to tingle or Mm. itch and you can't move. Like you just Mm -hmm. have to be with it. And so for me, meditation, it takes my autonomic nervous system and goes from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic where my arousal level goes down Mm -hmm. and I'm able to calm. But it sounds like these meditations that you offer kind of take it a step forward because I'm assuming they're guided meditations, right? They are. And the benefit is that especially those, either whether I've coached women or not, the ones I've coached, they're like, I really love having Carrie in my ear. I feel like you're always like, they're always like, you know, I ask myself like, well, what would Carrie say right now? You know? And so the meditations are a way for me to continue that relationship, even if we're not in an active coaching container. And then those that aren't yet working with me get to experience my energy they get to be guided. And um, it's amazing what we can hear when we lift the veil of anxiety. Once we're in that downregulated state where we're present, we are where our feet are planted, and we are just simply being. So these aren't meditations that are long enough to bring us into a theta state, like 30 minutes or over. These are meditations for women that find themselves always saying, I know what I need to do, but I just need to make the time. And so these are about 20, 25 minutes or less so that you can set yourself up for success, which is a more frequent daily practice. And the meditations are focused on next level vision, manifestation, feeling affirmations versus just saying the words. So bringing you in your body, some gentle somatic practices, um, and then also, you know, overcoming anxiety so that you can really hear yourself and manifest the abundance that you want. That sounds incredible. That takes it to a whole new level. I, I do sleep hypnosis Mm. and for people listening, essentially sleep hypnosis, you listen to a voice. It's kind of, I would assume it's, it's a very similar thing. It's, you get yourself kind of in this meditative state. I do it when I wake up in the middle of the night, my mind's just racing about a million, Mm -hmm. uh, million different things. And the frustrating thing with it is I enjoy it, but the guy's voice (laughs) is a little 
<laughs> it's obviously very monotone. It's yeah. very dry, but it's not <laughs> soothing. Like just from talking to you, your voice is very soothing. Your energy is very calming. Thank you. And that is such a huge component mm-hmm. of, of anything that's auditory. And so I love my sleep hypnosis, but at the same time, having somebody like you, that that's just a different level. And mm-hmm. it it's no wonder that a lot of your clients are just like, I love hearing your voice. Like it mm-hmm. calms me down immediately. Mm-hmm. And But it has to start with you first. If you're mm-hmm. not calm and you're recording these and you're stressed out and tense. So you're obviously uh, practicing what you're preaching. Oh yeah. We're, um, I sit, I get present. I set the intention. I light some sage. I clear the energy in the room. Um, before I, I usually record about four meditations in a sitting, um, back to back, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely practicing the grounding because if I'm not down-regulated, you're going to pick up on that energetically in the meditations as well. That is so true. Well, to find more about these meditations and a whole bunch of other stuff that Carrie provides, go to her website, elevatewithcarrie.com. Once again, it's K-E-R-I. You, um, podcast. Mm. I want to jump on that real quick. Yeah, literally first class. So why did you choose first class? Mm. Well, listen, I really love nice things. I And I also, I'm fascinated by people that look unassumingly wealthy. <laughs> you know, they show up in first class and they're wearing like a hoodie and it's like zero fucks. I, so I wanted to explore the concept of less fucks, more fun. Just if we were playing and we were, and I was like caring a little less and taking, continuing to take off and dismantle the mask of perfectionism that says you can't let your hair down, that says you can't let loose. So that's what we explore on literally first class. So some of the episodes are completely pointless in terms of just being for sheer entertainment and a tangent I go off on. Um, other times I have a specific topic that I'm, I'm wanting to share and some value points and takeaways, but, um, that's, that's really why I wanted to explore it. You know, um, I like luxury things. I think that luxury is art, whether it's nice clothes or art in your home or decor. I mean, I just, I love aesthetics. And so, um, literally first class just made sense, but it was a little bit of a tongue in cheek decision as well. Oh, it sounds like it. Yeah. I always wondered about those people wearing sweats, sweatpants and sweatshirts Yeah, in first class. Like, They're always like billionaires. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, it, my, uh, my mentor has a lot of friends who are generationally wealthy mm. and yeah, he's like, he's like, it's not the people wearing Versace and Gucci and all of that. They're wearing, yeah, a ball cap and a and a t-shirt and they drive like a little beat up car or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. but at the same time, like I, I, I like what you said about enjoying the things that life has to offer. Hey, if you're doing well and it's financially responsible to buy a Rolex or a really nice car, there's nothing wrong with having nice things. Like mm-hmm. just how we present ourselves too. like, if we're disheveled, and we don't feel good about ourselves Mm. and we're not taking care of ourselves, like Mm. that's going to hurt us internally as well as display itself externally. So I, I have nothing against the good things in life because life is about 
enjoyment. But at the same mm-hmm. time, we've talked about you have to be uncomfortable and you have to push hard. So there's that balance too. You can't just live a life of pleasure and luxury because mm-hmm. that by itself isn't going to make you fulfilled either. It's not the object itself. Those are an enhancer. Sure. But that's definitely not the goal. And I'm always willing to break up with those things to just explore. So I do these little social experiments with myself sometimes. I did 30 days of no makeup. And I went out, I did girls weekend in Vegas, like the whole bit. And I just wanted to see what would come up in sitting with that decision. Did I still feel beautiful? I'll be 39 this year. Did did I like, how did I feel about wrinkles? How did I feel about not contouring my nose? Like, how did I, how did I feel in my true body and skin and like the wisdom of, of me at this age. And it was a really beautiful experience and realizing I really like makeup and it's a creative outlet for me. Then I'm like dancing with the edge of what if God dresses you? Like, what if it's where glam meets God? Like, what does that look like now or feel like? So I'm constantly exploring the edges but I'm always willing to give everything up because in those places I find I'm not really giving anything in truth up because none of those things are me. They're just expressions in a momentary time. That's right. They're just worldly things. Yeah. Um, From a spiritual standpoint, Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. Like, Hey, we've got only a, hopefully a few more years, but we all have a limited time on this world. And one, let's make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Let's enjoy it. But also understand that this life isn't permanent. Mm. That everything ends. Mm-hmm. Everything has has an expiration date, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I just love how you said that because as a woman and being a man that was married to a woman, I know how important makeup is. Mm-hmm. And I find it just super courageous that you were able to go out and just say, Hey, I'm doing this for a whole month Mm. and let's just see where it goes. Let's see what comes up. Let's see what I feel. And if nothing else, I'm going to grow from this. Totally. And the cool thing is I I love it too. At the end, you realized partially like I love makeup, (laughs) but but now you start to look at it differently, right? Like, um, I did the same thing. I'm a huge coffee fan. I went hundred days without any caffeine whatsoever. Mm. And at the same time, I was waking, starting to wake up early, push myself mm. at the gym. Uh, I was down to about 1600 calories. So everything that would tell you, you will have zero energy during the day and caffeine needs to be the fix. At least that's what I told myself. And mm. when I went without it, I, it was a similar experiment. It wasn't easy, but after a while you got used to it. And I, drink coffee. Like I said, I had coffee this morning. Right. Yeah. But I I appreciate it more and I look at it differently and I don't use it the same way that I used Mm -hmm. to use it. Like Mm -hmm. if it's past noon, I'm not going to be drinking coffee because I know it's going to affect my sleep, which is going to affect my performance, my body, my mind, everything. And so I, I really appreciate you sharing that and how like, same as when people fast mm. or anything like that. You're you're pushing yourself in different ways. And I've never heard anybody use the the no makeup for 30 days, but that is so power powerful for women. Um I just 
love that you do things like that. It, it speaks yeah. volumes to how you now intentionally, I was going to mention this earlier when we were talking about uh, TV shows you watch and all of that, you now live a life that's intentional. Your decisions mm -hmm. are purposeful. You think about them. You just don't do them to do them. Yeah. You think about, okay, what's going to happen or how is this going to affect me or mm -hmm. others around me? Or is this true to who I am? Is this speak to me or why the heck am I even doing this? Do I even like this? You know, <laughs> it's like in parenting, even with my kids, do I even want this role or is this regurgitated, you know, a recording from how I grew up? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you playing that record mm -hmm. that was going on in the background that you learned? Yeah. From, from growing up subconsciously, you learned about that. Mm -hmm. One thing I want to touch on somatic success. We touched on that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was giving up makeup, there was actually surprisingly a lot of grief that came up for me a lot, which told me that part of my identity was attached to how I looked in terms of postured success. But that's not really success. That's the illusion of what looks like success or the perception you're creating for other people to have of you. And I thought, well, that's even more reason to give it up and see what comes up for me because what is success even, right? So I started this exploration of what is success and what does that mean? But not what does it look like? What does it feel like in my body, in my life? And it feels enriched. It means that I have a partner, which I do, that is like choosing me every day. And we are in creation of always love, truth, right? Processing whatever gets in the way of that because that does come up. And it looks like having nice things because I do like living a life of luxury, but it doesn't, not for posturing purposes, not so I can drive the fancy car so people can look at me, see me in it because it drives better or it looks, you know, feels good, like looks sleek. I like the design, but not for external audience. So I started to do this exploration around success, but success is really a feeling because the amount of women I work with that have everything on paper that come to me and say, I thought I would be happier. I've got everything I want or that I thought I wanted. And I'm still feeling like I'm chasing achievement, but it's from a very empty place. And so that's where I come in and work with women so that they don't burn down everything they've built, but we can reevaluate how they can do it in a way that also feels good. So we match their external success with the internal experience. And maybe it does end up that they burn it down, but we're not doing it from a place of sabotage or trying to, like I mentioned earlier, avoid, run away from hard feelings, escape. And so we get clarity on from what place is this from? It's so important to have clarity on what you want in life, what brings yeah. you happiness, because it goes back to that awareness. Once yeah. you're aware, now you can get clear. And once you're crystal clear, no matter what it is, because you work with successful women, driven mm -hmm. women, you're mm -hmm. driven, successful. Mm -hmm. Once you get clear though, it's like, okay, well, now that I know this, now I can take steps forward. And you know what? Yes, there's going to be probably some collateral damage. There's probably going to be things I need to cut out of my life or people, mm -hmm. but the great thing about doing things like that is it makes you stronger. 
-hmm. It makes you better. You prove to yourself, which just gains confidence. And it is so much better on the other side. I know they say the grass is always green. In this case, the grass is always greener and it's not an easy life. It's not a comfort life Mm. necessarily, Mm -hmm. but it is so much better. And I'm sure you feel more alive today than you ever have in your entire life. I'd rather live on the edge of growth any day. And I I tell them like, you're already committed to growth. We're just going to, it's just going to require a different type of courage, which is examining why this is an automatic behavior, right? Where you're autonomic nervous system is running the show because your unresolved traumas are your destiny unless you know otherwise. Oh, that is so true. And I just love what you just said. I've never heard it say said like that before, but that that is incredible. I always talk about like our decisions are like a crystal ball. So mm-hmm. the decisions we make today predict our future. Totally. But yeah, that's Yeah. I mean, that's how I built a life I was unaware that I built (laughs) because you, you're like, how the heck have you been, how are you 10 years deep? And you're like looking around as if you are seeing this for the first time. And I know that sounds crazy, but truly that was my experience. It was, I was letting my automatic behaviors run the show. And that's the thing about automatic behaviors is they're unconsciously running behind the scenes, like a program software on computers. So we got to upgrade the software. We got to get deeper understanding somatically. And we need to understand the places within you that are running the show in the nervous system so that you can change it. So it's got to be awareness, then choice, which equals change. Yeah, mindset is so powerful. I always say first come the thoughts, then comes the words. And from that stems the deeds. So thoughts, words, and deeds. Yeah. And by Everyone's like, oh, deeds, deeds. Well, if I do better or if I do this, well, that's the end result. You need to back up. What are the words I'm telling myself? What are the Mm -hmm. words I'm hearing? What are the words I'm taking in and putting out? What are the words that are running on autopilot in my head Mm -hmm. versus my intentional thoughts and words? Yeah. And so it sounds like you start exactly in the right place with your clients. And that's getting clarity, but also setting up the systems so and teaching them the tools that they can use so that whatever the behavior or the actions are, now they're in control rather than it being oh, in control yeah. of them. So much more empowerment. And, you know, to your point earlier around people telling you that Tony Robbins is a cult and all these things, I'd rather drink that Kool-Aid than the Kool-Aid that told me I couldn't pursue my dreams, that they're unrealistic, that I need to get my head out of the clouds that I need to just get a job and like everybody else, plug myself into the system and the matrix. Like, you know what? I'd rather drink the other Kool-Aid. I'd rather be part of the other, the other culture of dreamers, you know, and people that break glass ceilings. Sign me up for that all day. Yeah. I, I hike large mountains now. It's something I've always wanted to do. Not always, but I wasn't aware that I wanted to do it. Mm. And now that I do it, there has been, at least one or two times that I've almost killed myself. And looking back on those times, if the worst happened or I get paralyzed or something like that, I'd rather do that living than just clocking in a job that I hate and just slowly dying. Totally. Let's change it up here just a little bit. This is a show about superheroes. Mm -hmm. And from what I can tell, you are definitely a superhero. So 
if you do or had a superhero name, what would it be? Hmm. Victorious Veronica. Why would you pick that? Well, that's my alter ego. She scales, she scales buildings. She's dressed like Catwoman. She's like a badass bitch. She's not afraid of anything. She's kind of sexy. She plays a little bit with the dark edges of herself, but also knows that that's where the light is found as well. So she's, she's multifaceted and unafraid, unafraid to just be too much. That's awesome. Yeah. Victorious Veronica. That has a nice ring to it. I love the double V. Mm-hmm. I, I love a good alliteration, hence somatic success, right? <laughs> but yeah, right. Yeah. Well, all right. Victorious Veronica, what are some of your superpowers? Ooh. Hmm. No gap too large that I can't close. I can't jump. I can't leap in faith. Um, agility in life in responsiveness, in fluidity, in my nervous system and in situations, whatever comes my way and fierceness, just, uh, fully owning the light, almost such a bright light that it's blinding. So flash of light. I like the imagery that you used about scaling buildings. Cause all of mm-hmm. those superpowers closing the gap, jumping from building to building, the agility just required to do something like that physically. Mm-hmm. Like I love how you, you took those powers and you actually put a story to it as well. Mm. When I step into this part of myself, cause it's not an alter ego. It is already who we are. It is a part of ourselves, just like you're a mother, just like you're a partner, just mm-hmm. like you're a business owner. You can't come home as a business owner and expect your partner and treat your partner like, He's an employee of yours. Mm-hmm. Not going to work that way. So your superhero is somebody you mm-hmm. step into. What mm-hmm. are what are some of the ways that you step into this, this superhero? Making decisions from what is yet to be possible, not what my eyes see. So That's I always cool. challenge myself when I'm up against a hard decision. What part of me is driving this decision? And am I making the decision from the space of what I what is yet to be possible? If I'm always loved and always provided for and God is like, do it. Or am I making it from the space of what I only currently see in my limited circumstances and human vision? I love that. I love that. What does Victorious Veronica wear? Is there a certain... She's like in a Catwoman black outfit. I don't know that it's latex, but it's stretchy. Yeah. <laughs> it seems kind of well, like it, superheroes are known to wear spandex pretty, uh, pretty frequently. So yeah. that is very suiting. Do you ever, have you ever done Halloween as Catwoman or anything like that? I did two Halloweens ago this past Halloween. We were all the greatest showman. And then two Halloweens ago, we were all superheroes. And so I did choose Catwoman. I have a picture of that. That's incredible. Catwoman also did love luxurious things as well. That was one of her big, uh, motivate while well, her, that and uh, pursuing Batman. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to ask who your superheroes are, but your favorite superheroes. Mm. Um, what about real life superheroes? Are there, is there anybody that yeah. sticks out to you? Um, doesn't have to be a top person or anything like that, but yeah. somebody that sticks out to you as that you view as a superhero. 
Um, a lot of my mentors, I feel really lucky and grateful to have worked with some incredible humans. Um, some people they're, they're, they're like the best kept secret. Krista Petty is my forever mentor. She's <sighs> wisdom in the female form and she can take me lovingly to the ethers and reflect and mirror in like the most neutral loving way. So I'm deeply grateful for our work together. Uh, Mike Zeller has normalized big dreams. I've never, ever heard out of his mouth. Like that seems too big. That seems crazy. It's like, cool. When's that happening? How can I support you? You need people like that in your life by your side. And Jake, my partner, he just, he's launching his first book. And he's so brave for everything that he's sharing in that story, in that book um, about abuse that he overcame. And uh, he's my superhero every day. I love that. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote a book this past year myself and just kind of congrats. everything came out. And yeah. one, it was therapeutic. So I was like, well, if I don't sell a single copy, at least I, at least I freaking <laughs> did it. Um, right. But it's, it's very difficult to be vulnerable because when you're vulnerable, you're open for attack. And yes. um, that's, well, that speaks volume. Obviously, you chose a partner that has very similar qualities in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. So it speaks volumes for him, but also yourself. Um, where, where do you see this going? Like if you had to, I know you say you go for the unseen, but mm -hmm. if you had a plan for the next mm -hmm. few years, growing your business or mm -hmm. taking this to the next level, what does that look like to you? Yeah, I I want to I want the ability to reach more women. I mean, a lot of the women I work with are at the top of their game, but the top of the mountain is also a little narrower, and so broadening the base has been a goal of ours. Uh, and I launched the Somatic Success Academy, which is about becoming the one percent woman, not necessarily the woman that identifies with being her or already having the external success, but someone that might still be pursuing their big dreams. Right. And, and just trying to build up that their base of their mountain, which is like, I can do it. Like this, this life is for me. Like I'm doing it now. Like, holy crap. And, uh, I've been there and, and that's a journey in and of itself. So, um, the women that are scaling the mountains, I want to reach more women. Uh, I want to write my book. I started it and I have yet to revisit it because time, you know, just never seems like it's a priority. Other things are clamoring. Uh, money-making activities, of course, at the top of that and uh, rest and rejuvenation and being a mom. So prioritizing that again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine the next few years because what I've already accomplished in the last couple have been like I, unimaginable. I rented an island with a business partner um, in 2021. And you're just like, how do you even dream about something you don't know can exist? Like how, how right. can you... How can you actually dream of something that you didn't know was an option to begin with? And so I just surrender to being romanced by God there. And just, I know that my dreams are always matched and yet his plans for me are bigger than I can even consciously imagine. So I don't even know where he'll take me, but I'm excited for it. As long as you focus on him, like anything's possible. That was the biggest change that happened for me was my mentor at the time, I was struggling with a big business decision. And he was like, Ace, are you smarter than God? And I was like, well, no, of course not. <laughs> I didn't create the universe. No, I, yeah. I didn't even create this pillow. 
that's next to me. <laughs> and he's like, well, then why are you trying to be smarter than him? Mm. And I was like, boom, moment. I was like, oh my God, I am trying to be smarter than him. And you just give it up. Just give yeah. it all. Whether you believe in God or the universe or Allah or whatever, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Like once you give up control, that's when you're fully in control and just allowing things to happen give to the universe, the universe will give back. And, um, yeah, once I start stopped holding on so tight and trying to control everything, that's when things really started to change for, for the good for me. Yeah. And that was the missing puzzle piece that I kept trying to figure out. And, uh, meditation also led me to time with God because I learned how to listen. So yeah, that stillness was, it's everything. I hear you. I wish we could keep going, but we're up against it. So I really appreciate your time here. Mm -hmm. For those listening, Carrie is the CEO and founder of Elevate with Carrie. Check it out. Elevatewithcarrie.com. So much fun stuff. I really wish we had more time, (laughs) but I really appreciate you coming on. Instagram, is that your preferred social handle or is there... Yeah, I am Carrie Ford is perfect. Okay, perfect. Anything else that you want the audience to know before we let you go? Hmm, I feel complete. No, thanks for listening. I appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate you having on, uh, having you on. What you do for women is absolutely incredible. And being a man too, so mm-hmm. inspiring that you were set on your mission. You were going mm-hmm. forward and just allowing things to happen, but also being intentional and purposeful of how you spend your time and what you do. So thank you for coming on. It was an absolute honor and pleasure for having you. Thank you, Ace. All right. For those of you who are listening, Superhero by Design podcast, thank you for checking it out. I am completely blessed that you guys spend your time with me just rambling on, knowing what to say, messing up intros, which you won't hear on this episode. However, I really appreciate your time. You could be spending it with anybody, but you decided to come here. So thank you very much. I am just completely honored at what I do. And all I want to do is continue to serve you. So check me out at superherobydesign.com. Send me comments. I want to be better. I want to do better. And it takes you guys to help do that. So I really appreciate your time. With that said, ace out.